Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. This is episode 75. What is, what is the 75th anniversary gift, Wade? Do you know? Uh, what? For uh, us? Just, no, just a 75-year anniversary for something. What's the, the traditional gift? Did not know there was one. There's, there's one for like every... Or don't they go every like 10 years or every 25 years or something? When you get married, Wade, you got a lot to learn about marriage. They do traditional gifts every X number of years. There's like, there's the pearl anniversaries. There's the silver anniversary. Diamond um, or gold. Is that what it says? That's what Google says. Gold is in uh, bold. It's diamond comma gold in bold. That's a, that's a big deal uh, gift. You go straight to diamond or gold compared to the other ones, at least. The other ones are kind of crappy compared to that. Let me see. 25-year anniversary gift uh, silver. So silver is 25. Are we, am I overthinking this? What's 35? Sapphire. Okay. Coral. No, it's coral. It's 35. This is stuff you got to know, Wade. The roommate is going to be asking these kind of questions soon. <laughs> So this is this is episode seventy five. It's our our gold show, I guess you could call it, and we've got a special guest. He's going to be coming on later. It is Nick Pollock. He runs PitcherList, so you can go check out PitcherList.com and follow them on Twitter at PitcherList. Nick's a really fun dude. Knows his stuff. He's a former college pitcher. Um, he says who he pitched. I'm forgetting right now who he pitched for, but he mentions it during the podcast. So I encourage you to follow him and read all of his stuff. His website has been publishing the top 50 fantasy prospects for every organization. And he, him and his staff just released the, the Padres a couple of days ago. So that's why I wanted to get him on. So anyway, that's going to be coming up later. Wade, do you have a bet online ad read for us? The Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking to place a bet of any bet, <laughs> let me start over. Leaving it all in, Wade. Let it go. Nope. The Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you were looking to place a bet on any of the sports going on, betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. You might as well just bet the Chiefs now because no one's beating them. From game so spreads Bill, and totals. You're Bill's Mafia guy. Get out of here. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I did not bet on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I don't think I did any preseason. No, I did. I don't know if I did the Chiefs, though. I did bet on Mahomes MVP when the odds were pretty good. Still, I think like 8-1. to one. Pretty good value. But what do you think about Mahomes versus Rodgers right now, MVP? I'm a little worried. I think it's Rodgers. I think it's going to be close, but yeah, I think Rodgers got a lot of momentum at the end of the year. And I think it's going to be Rodgers, unfortunately. Yep. Oh, well. Both the um, guys. Yeah, they are. True. They're everywhere, though. Both those guys are all over the place. Tatis all over the place, too. Speaking of Tatis, 
Um, have you seen any of those like Bolt 24 commercials? Not that they're a sponsor, but he's been getting some national publicity with these ad campaigns now. I have not. I have not yet seen one. I will have to look that up. The, You're not a traditional a media guy. You're not a traditional media guy. Uh, no, yeah, they're, I, I think they're a Gatorade owned company. I am a cord cutter, so I do not get the national ads. And I want to say he's he does he has another big sponsor like a car or something. BMW. It's all over Instagram. That's right. Okay, I don't have Instagram, so that's where we fill each other in. You give me the Instagram campaigns, I give you the traditional cable campaigns. Exactly. Makes sense. How about the since we're on Tatis too? Last week you were not on the show, right? We had last week off. Yes. No, you had last week off. I did a show, so. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was talking about Tatis. I started to walk back the Tatis, uh, contract talks that we were doing a couple weeks ago because it seemed like there was a lot of momentum. Hey, settle down. There was a lot of momentum for, you know, a new deal that was going to happen soon. I think a lot of people were overstepping their, their sources here. I think, Hey, MLB writers and staffers who have quote unquote sources, calm down a little bit. You don't. How come when I see sources appear on Twitter, it all happens at the same time? Are you sharing one source who just email blasts all of you? You're not giving me very specific information or trusted information. I, I was a little, I was a little pissed off last week. Wait, yeah, you fell for it. It wasn't me. The reporters are screaming down my face on Twitter that there's this deal that's impending. Ink is on paper. Multiple sources say this to me. It, it, it's bullshit. You guys are all full of shit. I'm calling them out on it right now. You got to stick with your uh, original take. I think our gut from uh, previous episodes was the correct one. And well, yeah, only only time will tell. But I, I believe my take, since you I didn't backtrack, uh, sure. is going to be on the, the correct take. What take was that? Do you remember that it will be over 300, 10 years okay. over 300? I think it what doesn't make sense to me is um, a why, why are people coming out with these? predictions when nobody knows anything. I think what I learned here was that nobody has any idea what this contract is going to look like. Is he going to do the shorter deal with, for a lot of money, like a hometown discount ish type thing, kind of like a, the first Mike Trout deal and then hit free agency again when he's Manny Machado's age, or is he going to just do a, a massive 12 year deal right now? Nobody knows. And I don't want to talk about it again until he signs the fucking deal. All right. Are we, are we done with this? Cause this is now three shows of Tatis contract talk last week. I thought things were a lot closer. It turns out I, I fell for the trap. Like you said, I fell for it. Everyone thought it was going to be close to being done. And then, uh, they had the, the rug pulled out from under me. I'm done until he signs. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Hot takes. This is, yeah, this is, I'm step, I'll step off my soapbox now. <laughs> so, um, you want you want to do your paddock? Should go to the bullpen ranch, or you want to save that for later? You know, I <laughs> <laughs> we're on fire today, but um, to the we're already paying him. Just move him to the closing role. There, that's my take. Paddock will be a closer within two years. And, and what a take it is that belongs up there in take heaven with Lamette should go to the bullpen, and. Um, Eric Hosmer is going to save the franchise. You know, when uh, Paddock goes and Tatis to the should be in center field, that we'll throw that one in there too. 
when Paddock goes to the bullpen, we'll look back on our gold anniversary, Ryan. <laughs> and the Padres look better in blue and white than they do brown and yellow. Some of the, that, some of the worst takes of all time. <laughs> that is the worst take ever. All right, let's get into Nick Pollock, and then you and I can do some playoff lock of the weeks. We're doing them this week. Playoffs? There you go. Nick Pollock. Yeah, I, I very much appreciate the uh, uh, the invite and the, the idea you want me on your podcast. Uh, I am not, you know, I'm smart enough to know to delegate out prospect stuff on Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm not, not going to claim to be an expert in any way. If that's okay, well, with we're you. not going to be asking you, or just me. I'm not going to be asking you to, you know, give us the Kylie McDaniel rundown of every dude in the system. But, um, you know, probably just stick to some of the pitchers, and you know, you're the pitching guy, so that's what that's what we want from you. That's all. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Uh, I can, yeah, Mackenzie Gore. I, I'm, I'm so, sorry to say, I'm not as high as everyone else is. Whoa. And I'll, okay. I'll save that for the podcast but yeah, don't uh, burn through your hot takes too early <laughs> but that's about it that's like you know i know of ryan weathers and i mean adrian morehan I, I i can talk about the guys that are like the fringe ones okay yeah um, we're not going too deep don't worry cool awesome just don't want to disappoint you that's all <laughs> all right uh let me pull up my notes real quick here okay but uh but yeah so you're in uh, you're in san diego I yeah, assume. in San Diego, in San Diego. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Where, and, uh, where are you located? I'm in Brooklyn. Okay, so I'm a, I'm a Yankee fan. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I'm a night owl. I used okay. to do the SB roundups and stuff at like 1 or 2 a.m., so no problem. That's, you know, that's quarantine. I stay too. up late, I but I do? can't work late. It's weird. Oh, interesting. <laughs> So like, like it gets just, me 10 o'clock, I just stop working, but I'll stay yeah, up until right, right. one. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I don't know. There's there's something to be said when it doesn't feel like work because this is, you know, I'm talking sure. about fancy baseball. Like this is this is why we do it, because like people want us to talk about fancy baseball. Sure. <laughs> that sounds um, great. What do you think about me not introing you right now? But like we just continue this conversation and like i just slide in the interview like it just starts sure that sound that sounds great <laughs> i did this with uh you know who clay hensley is i i he's should a, he's a relief pitcher he came up with the padres he bounced around a little bit mm. and uh retired fairly early and you know he's just you know he's a, a middle reliever didn't didn't have mm -hmm. the longest career so i had him on once and we kind of just started talking and i'm like prepping him for the show and like organically, we just started having a conversation. And I was like, you know what? Instead of stopping everything, right, <laughs> kind of like yeah. what I'm doing right now, we're just gonna we'll just slide in the interview into the into the show, and like I'll I'll intro you before that. So like we don't need I don't need to intro you now because I introed mm. you before you came. There you on. go. That makes sense. That that sounds great. I'm I'm going to assume that it was the most lavish and wonderful introduction. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, oh, thank you so much for that introduction. Wow, that was that was too much, Ryan. Well, Not I leave this all in. whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, good, good, uh, good podcasts are really just good conversation, right? That's 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 all it is. And uh, I, I'm very much looking forward to, uh, yeah, to hanging out with you more here, Ryan. You're a very uh, approachable personality. We'll put it that way. You you seem well, very easy to talk to. Well, that sounds great. At least I've given that impression. Let's see actually how I do, though. We'll find out. <laughs> Stay tuned. Listen. So you're at pitcherlist.com. 
maybe we get serious for a minute. PitcherList.com and at PitcherList on Twitter. Nick, what I, I'm curious because I, I just recently discovered you and PitcherList and it mm-hmm. seems like you have a pretty good following, but what got you into pitchers list or pitcher list and you know, what's your background in baseball? Like, yeah, I was a college pitcher, uh, at Brandeis university D three, one of the most prestigious D three colleges for baseball now. But, uh, I, I, I pitched through, through college and then, um, was a travel baseball coach for a moment, gave pitching lessons on the side. And essentially, I mean, like everyone that jumps into this, I was obsessed with the sport. I had my mm-hmm. Fangraphs Renaissance and all, and I, as a pitcher, it kind of bothered me that I, my friends were really into Fangraphs and they were citing all these numbers, but watching guys, I felt like there was an element that was being lost that wasn't actually being translated into all the data. So I, I, I had a history of making WordPress sites for my real job, and I decided I can make a WordPress site. So I made pitcher mm-hmm. gifts back in 2014, which got shut down by MLB. And then I created pitcher list in 2015. <laughs> but I, but that was, that's what spurred it. I just wanted people to be able to see every single pitcher and understand them at a different level. And then I just kind of started writing from there. And I, I don't know how it is what it is now. It's, it's, it's a product of so many incredible people along the way, just, uh, you know, just wanting to be a part of it for whatever reason. And it's it's it blows me away the stuff that we're doing at Pitcherless now and it's all it's all thanks to these great people like Alex Fast just showing up Justin Paradis with his amazing graphics Ben Palmer, uh, John Metzler, Austin Bristow, uh, Andy Patton, uh, list goes on Dave Chairman like th- these guys that are just incredibly genuine people and uh, yeah it, it's really exciting but really that's where it all started is just I just want people to like pitching because I think it's really really cool. Is pitching ninja coming after you, or you guys have? Oh, absolutely not! No, we're buds. I love that guy. (laughs) Oh, definitely not. No, we were. um, Yeah, back in 2014, like that's essentially when he started too. We were both, Mm -hmm. yeah, the guys doing gifts and stuff, and I thought was I I loved it. Uh, I, you know, some people actually ask that as like, do you do you dislike pitching ninja? Like, why would I? This is a guy who's promoting gifts and like pitching. Like, this is the best. (laughs) I'm a fan. You know, like this is only a good thing. Uh, and it's been so great seeing uh, seeing him take off, you know, like mm-hmm. that's that's only good for baseball. And uh, I mean, he's also just a super great guy. Uh, so, no, man, it's the quite opposite. Like he's he's great. I love Rob Freeman. Are you wearing a, a Tokyo Giants shirt, by the way? You got you <laughs> I, on video I am. This is a <laughs> this is a gift from the one and only Alex Fast. Um, I did. I did a podcast with him today. I decided to wear it uh, for him uh, because that's what I do. That's how I flirt with Alex fast. I wear the shirt that he he buys for me. Yeah, we don't have to get you a shirt, right? (laughs) That's not not part of the deal for coming on. No, sadly not. Uh, But uh, next time I'll negotiate better. I mean, if you send us a shirt, we don't have shirts yet. I'd I'd like a shirt of anything. Oh, yeah. Just swag, any kind of free swag, basically anything free. There you go. Right. Anything free. (laughs) Well, okay. Uh, (laughs) Don't don't say that to the wrong people, but um. Yeah, no, it it is kind of crazy. I remember that actually the first, I think the first thing that we made was, uh, oh man, I don't say this one anymore because I don't like saying negative jokes um, because I, I feel like, I don't know, I want to be positive. I want to make sure everyone, um, every pitcher is going through a different journey. I don't want to in any way go against mm-hmm. it. But back in the day, my friend was a giant Orioles fan and he was obsessed with Chris Tillman. And, uh, <laughs> because he thought he was really good and he had like, you okay. know, he had some successful seasons and whatever. He, he liked did. Chris Tillman. 
So I used to joke with him that you can't spell win with Tillman. And mm. the first shirt we made was that shirt and I sent it to him. And it was it was a fun moment. I realized, oh, wait, I can make shirts for other things that we have too, like don't trust the knuckleballer and ace is going to ace and so on. I, but it's, it's fun. It's actually, I think a lot easier than you'd expect. You just got to find one artist. Uh, you can do it on Fiverr or anywhere to, to make something. And then yeah, it costs like 10, 15 bucks after that. And there you go. You got your own custom shirt, your own swag. It's great. I need to get into that. Sorry. We've always talked about doing shirts and there, there's lots of competition for shirts in San Diego with pottery stuff specifically, but show mm-hmm. shirts, I feel like we could, there's something there. It's just, do we want to take the time and the effort? And it's, it's basically all up to me because no one else does shit around here. So that's there's the only no thing holding back. Like going to a game in one of your own shirts though. True. You know, so hopefully later this year you can do that, Ryan. Wanted to ask you about, you know, the pitching news, stuff that's going on with, with MLB, um, off-season hot stove stuff. There's been some stuff going on. Oh, and yeah. it's not all it's not all Padre stuff. There's been some big time Padre stuff, but we talk like let's let's put those guys in the back burner a little bit. We've we've talked about Darvish, we've talked about Snell. Let's talk about Jose Arena going to the Tigers, right? Oh my God. Crazy. Sorry. Please continue. Are you writing a big article about that this week? <laughs> oh no, absolutely not. What about <laughs> no, Liam? No, that was, I was joking. Three yeah. years, fifty-four million dollars for Liam. Um with a fourth year that could get bought out, but he's getting $54 million. I think that's a pretty big commitment for the White Sox, who are sure. are clearly going after it. And some people are floating the idea that uh, they might be one of the better teams in the AL now, if not the best team. What does that do to the relief pitcher market, in your opinion? With the, There's a couple of big names still out there, uh, Hand, Rosenthal, and Yates. Yeah, I mean, it's a message that the White Sox like, look, we needed to get another bullpen piece and we wanted to get the best one. You know, it, fortunately for Liam Hendricks, not to say that he isn't a top tier reliever. I mean, especially for like fantasy terms, for example, he's I think the second one off the board currently. But uh, it, it, it is certainly a market where he was propped up as that guy and he got paid for it. Um, that's an incredibly favorable contract where the fourth year is essentially like here's 15 million. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea that a reliever in his fourth year of his contract is going to uh, get that club option is, I mean, it's just a win-win. I mean, he's either successful, which is the best feeling as a pitcher, or if you're not successful, then you get an extra $15 million. It's a it's a wonderful contract for Hendricks. And I'm not saying it's even the bad thing, you know, the, well, the worst decision for the White Sox. Actually, I like, kind of love it for them. I, I've said this often, the, the biggest market inefficiency, and I'm taking this from Max Greenfield, is uh, is spending. Owners like you want to win, you, you can spend money that you have because you're billionaires. Mm-hmm. And the White Sox, it's not even that much money, honestly, relatively to everything else. You got a very important piece. I mean, bullpen is is a huge, huge thing for a playoff contender like the White Sox. And yeah, now especially in the Central, without Nelson Cruz, uh, with the Twins, uh, Jacob Rizzi's gone. Uh, they did remove Eddie Rosario, but I don't know if that was the best move. But fine, that's not as strong of a Twins offense or team. No Trevor May there as well. The White Sox are very much primed to just take the Central, go to the playoffs, and now they have Liam Hendricks as a very, very important part of that uh, bullpen. So I like the deal for them, and and as you're saying for the rest of the market, I think it does heighten the uh, the pressure for teams to get Brad Hand, especially also as a lefty, which I understand that. You know, the teams certainly put more of a pressure on. I need that lefty bullpen piece, for example. Nobody wanted him like two months ago. What the hell? Yeah, I don't know. Well, they didn't want to give anything up for him. And mm-hmm. they I figured that they can spend cheap 
er that like like teams are very protective of their young talent now because when it comes to owning a team like the most profitable thing is young talent it's it's cost controlled and they're often better than veteran talent right so for brad hand like yeah whatever we'll just throw like seven million we'll get him or something along those lines I, I it is weird though yeah kirby yates rosenthal hand as you mentioned it is thinning out a lot quickly I do wonder if like the Brewers are still going to take offers for for Josh Hader like they hinted at before. I mean, there's also Alex Colome uh, that the White Sox lost, I should mention. Yeah. But I liked uh, Colome. I'm a fantasy guy kind of like you. I liked Colome a few years ago, but I haven't sure. seen anything recently that interests me in Alex Colome. Yeah, I remember I remember like way back, maybe it was 2014 or when I was pitcher, I guess I think maybe it was 15 when I was pitcher list uh talking about Alex Colome a lot. I think it did his get breakdown of his uh did get breakdown of his debut. I was really excited about Alex Colomay, the starter, for a second. Um, and then, I mean, perfect transition into the closer there with a really, really good cutter that has gotten worse. But I still think there are is uh, there are a lot of teams that should find a place for Alex Colomay, I think. Um, I honestly like the Marlins might be a good fit because do they really want to trust Brad Ziegler? And they are kind of contending a little bit uh, in are my they? Really? I think so. I'm not even joking. If they, like, Starling Marte, healthy better offense already yeah like one piece that offense you get someone to replace trevor rogers as the number five get like Corey kluber there you go and that's a really really strong rotation with a good enough offense i uh, so yeah just go get alex Cobb have some better bullpen and there you go not so bad but it's yeah true. there's point, only like four there's only like four good teams in the national league so why not right there it is uh i yeah, am the central oh boy uh, too bad Miami can't just go there. Uh, can we just trade the entire organization with the Cubs or something? No. Um, but yeah, so I think Brad Hand or Rosenthal or Yates are going to get a better contract than anticipated because it's a smaller market. And I'm very curious to see where they land. Since we're on those guys, if you were the Padres and we're not clearly Peter Seidler is not afraid to spend some money and make some moves and do some I don't know, weird stuff that you wouldn't expect. You got AJ Preller, this GM. You never know what's going to happen. Who would you want of those three guys to? Uh, the P- Pottery fans think there's one last piece of the puzzle here, and it's getting a late inning reliever. Who would you want of those guys? I haven't all three of those come through the Padres. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- I think that's pretty amazing. Uh, I, I mean, I would imagine Brad Hand is the best piece. Um, Kirby Yates, as you guys obviously know, the elbow is scary and everything. Uh, Rosenthal is intriguing. And I, I'm, I'm saying this from a, not a monetary standpoint. Like, yeah, I can imagine that Rosenthal is a better value. Like, cause it's essentially, it's a high risk, high reward thing with Rosenthal more so I think than Kirby Yates. I'm very concerned about Kirby Yates. Uh, but Rosenthal, I don't know. I think there's a lot of intrigue with you guys saw that you didn't allow a single run uh, with your Padres. Yeah, Rosenthal uh, could also be in Korea in six months. You never know. Right. Like he's that so, he's that volatile of a pitcher. He's not going to cost as much as Brad Hand. Uh, but sure. it could be just as good, if not better. Uh, so it depends on if you want the risk or not. I think Hand is the, the number one choice, and any bullpen should benefit from Brad Hand. I wouldn't care if it was Hand. Some people might say... You know, the the setup guy in the eighth inning is Drew Pomeranz, left-handed. Then the ninth inning, it's Brad Hand, left-handed. I don't really care because you're not seeing the same batters anyway. What do you think about two lefties at the back That's a great point. Yeah, I don't don't care. Honestly, it's just about are they good. 
Yeah, I, I mean, Pomerantz is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You also have Emilia Pagan, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, that could be in the mix as well as maybe between those guys. So hand wouldn't be in the closer. Maybe you have Pomerantz as the closer or on a given night, you can mm-hmm. roll with a hot hand uh, and flip them. And then you have Pagan kind of in the middle if you want. Uh, but honestly, bullpen management is not something like when it comes to left hand and right hand, I think we're noticing like, there are certain pitchers who have some splits, but also depending or also because of the uh, the three batter minimum, which doesn't have the biggest impact. It does remove some of the extreme focus, obviously, with like the loogies and all. So yeah, I don't I don't really care. They're good. Brad hand is good. He was a closer for ages. It wasn't like only a closer when he was facing lefties. Drew Pomerantz is really good now. And Emilia Pagan didn't have an issue versus, you know, right lefty. So I wouldn't worry about it at all. You're a pitcher, former pitcher, pitching analyst, gift purveyor. Do you Love think all any those adjectives? Fantastic. <laughs> do you think you can stick any good reliever into the ninth inning in a closing situation and you're fine? Because I, I know back before I started doing my own podcast, there there are industry people who do fantasy that say any good reliever could be a closer and it does not matter. Sure. But I think as a human, things do change in your head when it's the ninth inning and there's no one behind you. So what, what do you think about – and switching back and forth um, is a thing that sounds good on paper but might not always work out because of who these people are as humans. What do you think about mixing and matching closers? Because you kind of hinted at it a minute ago where they might go Pomeranz one day and hand the next right. day. What does that do to relievers? And do you think anybody can close? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, we have something on our podcast called Alex Think Fast because my co-host is Alex Fast. And every anytime we talk about the mental game, it's Alex Think Fast. And mm-hmm. this is that completely. There are humans and some people are just trained to be like, I don't really care what the leverage situation is. I'm just going to pitch really well. I, I've The reason I'm here is because I am good and I am going to believe in that confidence. Yeah. And then there's some guys that just can't take it or they need a certain rhythm or routine that they need to know that's their job and not. It, there is certainly uh, a human aspect that we don't know about. And we can't just say, oh, yeah, he's a good pitcher. He's going to have success in that that scenario. It's also hyper small sample sample size. I mean, even yeah. season to season, it's it's like normal seasons of just 50 innings, 60 innings is already small. And we just dealt with what, like 15 innings for some relievers or so in, in 2020, which is just ridiculous. Uh, and oftentimes when it comes to early in the season, you're dealing with like six innings of a sample to decide, like, is this guy closer material, material or not? And that's just you never know. There's so much going at play there. So you can't really tell. Like you could have said Edwin Diaz isn't mentally prepared to be a closer after allowing what seven home runs in 2019, but the, the, the guy's clearly good enough to be a closer, you know? So I, I lean more so that there are fewer mental uh, uh, issues or not. I don't want to say mental issues. I, I mean, more of like players that can't handle the ninth than we are led to believe. So I'm more inclined to think like, yeah, you can throw most guys into the ninth inning role and they'll seize it because it's a leverage situation. Just like bases loaded one out in the seventh. It's the same as, you know, in the ninth. Uh, But there always are exceptions. And there are certainly guys that just like, you know what? I don't want that. I can do anything else. Just not as a closer. It's it can be tough, I think, when the spotlight's on you in that inning and maybe you're the reason they lost and then because of small sample sizes, 
you could be run out of town in a couple months if you're, yep. you know, your ERA is above five because of two bad outings. Saw that with Edwin Diaz. And then here in San Diego last year, we thought there was a super bullpen being grown in San Diego with Pagan in Yates and uh, Pomeranz. And then Pagan wasn't that good out of the gate. And everybody's like, okay, w- we need to move on from Pagan. It's like, Jesus, you guys, it's been 10 innings. Like, right. let's <laughs> relax a little bit. Um, oh, I just think it's funny with relievers who have the ultra smallest sample size you can come up with. And um, people are very eager to anoint them or remove them from their role uh, quicker than anybody else. Absolutely. You got to have faith in the pagan, you know? <laughs> Get it together, San Diego. You're a big pagan supporter? No, I mean, I think Emilio Pagan showed in 2019 that he's a very good reliever. And yeah, uh, honestly, in 2020, like ultra small sample size and so many variables. It, it's he, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that Pagan is still a very good reliever. If you had a terrible year in 2020, throw it out. If you had a great year, awesome. There, there was no downside yeah, to it. Honestly, that's kind of the way I go. Unless there's like actual... Like tangible, like, oh, wait, you you lost your feel for X, Y, and Z, but you could even still yeah. chalk it up. But there, there, there's, yeah, there's a lot more leniency uh, this past year, of course. So your guy, Jack Cecil, you want to talk about Jack Cecil for a second? Sure, he of put, Is it Cecil or Cecil? I see it as Cecil. I'm, I believe it's Cecil. I'll talk to okay. him. Brett Cecil, right? Speaking of <laughs> pitchers. Um, sure. he, put to, he put together the list of top 50 prospects in the Padres organization from a fantasy perspective, if I can spit it out, which I like because as a fantasy guy, that interests me a lot, who people have ranked um, without taking things like defense into account. And those kind of tend to be the most impactful guys anyway. So guys that are playing every day at a starting position or starters or guys that might project to be a closer. And if you're not contributing with the bat in today's league, you're probably not going to play much. This isn't the 90s when you had a defense-only or glove-only shortstop or a glove-only second baseman, those guys are your best players now, offensively. We, like, look around the league. The shortstops have taken over. So you've seen Jack's list. I hope you, uh, you edited oh, yeah. it at some point. Uh, what did you think of the list, and were there any surprises for you? Um, well, I'll be the first to tell you that uh, Nick Pollock, this guy, is not a prospect expert and is why we delegate the entire Dynasty section to people that are not named Nick Pollock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Pad runs that section. He does such a good job. Um, and, uh, and Jack, uh, from my understanding, did a fantastic job with this. Uh, I very much believe it. I do love that uh, Ha Seung Kim is, uh, is up there. I am very excited for him uh, this upcoming year. Uh, for for San Diego, I, I do wonder how they're going to mess around with Cronenworth and and where they're going to be putting Kim. And obviously, Tatis is just cemented at shortstop. And that's the only, you know, obviously you see C.J. Abrams, number two here. And you think, oh, Tatis is at shortstop. How can, you know, how can Abrams be? But that's just a natural talent thing. And I do imagine that we often see uh, organizations have talented guys with someone blocking them they just shift it around especially at a shortstop you can see second base you can see outfield you can see other adjustments being made uh that will get someone of cj abrams's caliber in the lineup somehow i i, I see mackenzie gore is number one and uh this is something that i careful nick <laughs> i'm a little contentious about no uh look i've seen very little of mackenzie gore i had trevor huth Sit down with me. Actually, wrote for gas lamp, uh, gas lamp ball a little while ago, mm-hmm. and he sat down with me in the beginning of 2020. And said, "Nick, I gathered that 23 of the top 100 uh, starting pitchers 
um, in, in, um, in prospects, prospects, starting pitchers. And I got video for you and I'm not going to tell you who they are. We're going to watch it. And you're going to give me your unfiltered opinion of them. I saw Mackenzie Gore. I also saw him during, I believe the, uh, the all-star game. What is it called? I can't remember. This is how little I focus on prospects. I don't remember the futures game. Got it. Got it. Uh, right. it is. Futures game. Okay. I watched that. I saw an inning of Gore there. So pretty much from two innings of Mackenzie Gore, I don't like him. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> I'm no. so sorry. No, I look. I, I I've under. I understand that these reports about excellent command and uh, velocity at 95 and maybe a little bit higher. For what I've seen, I don't love his mechanics. I think it's something that's not necessarily uh, easy to replicate from pitch to pitch. And you want consistency. You want to be able to throw from the same spot, have the same extension, all that kind of stuff as much as you can. So you can, oh, I'm throwing it too far outside. It's a very easy tweak. You just change it because you do the same mechanics every time. Um, I also didn't, I wasn't like in love with his stuff. And from what I saw from, again, two innings, uh, was it wasn't like, pristine command or anything like that uh it does worry me that gore didn't come up last year and there was talks that he had lowered velocity uh in september of 2020 2020 is weird i don't yep. know what i'm talking about i generally only judge starting pitchers when they actually make their mlb debut uh so i'm very excited for that and i cannot wait to be wrong i really i really hope that mckenzie gore is the golden southpaw of SoCal. Uh, but yeah, I am, I'm one of the rare few that uh, I'm a little hesitant to suggest that he's going to win multiple Cy Youngs in his career. Well, that's fair. I don't think we don't want people on here. Everyone gets on and then says, you know, Mackenzie Gore is going to be an all-star every year and blowing sunshine up his ass and blowing sh- sunshine up our ass. And that, that that's not what it's great that you have a different opinion about Mackenzie Gore's because I've heard other things about McGore or Mackenzie Gore, McGore. I like McGore uh, though. I, I like that. <laughs> Mick, Mick Gore. <laughs> that it's, it's, there are things that are concerning the velocity dip mechanics. There are guys that aren't as in love with him as everyone else is. And I think that's a fair thing to point out. And um, I think it's good that there's different opinions about, you know, perceived studs like Mackenzie Gore. Cause they are all, they're all prospects. And we, we see guys come up all the time. And you know what? Not all prospects are going to be good. I love prospects as just as much as anybody else. But if they were all good, then why are, why would we be doing this? This wouldn't be a show and wouldn't have nobody would trade prospects ever. Just the top ones right. would keep them and they'd all be all stars forever. Like, yep. we don't live in that world, unfortunately. Um, there's a couple guys who have a chance to break camp with the team. And we're talking about Mackenzie Gore again. We're talking about maybe Ryan Weathers and Adrian Morihone, your your guy. So there's yes. there's candidates who can fill in the back of this rotation. I, I know a lot of Padre fans are still kind of on the prowl for a fifth starter. And I, I am in the camp that's like, why go sign someone when there's a bunch of young options that teams would kill for just sitting in your own minors? Do you like any of those guys more than the others? And how would you kind of handle uh, the young would-be four, five, maybe six starters? Oh, man. So, Okay. I normally am with you uh, in saying, look, don't no, look at the Yankees, for example. I love Jordan Montgomery. I love Davey Garcia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mean, I actually have a little bit of interest in Clark Schmidt, for example. And 
I, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, we need to get like three or four starters. So I'm like, no, you don't. You got like trust the young guys. It'll be fun, you know. Throw them in the pool. Uh, See if they can swim. They can't, exactly. they can't swim if you don't throw them in. Now, I have, I, I do very much understand as someone that's, you know, what I do through the year. Uh, the signature thing I do is every single day I go over all 30 starters from the night before and I write the SP roundup. I've done this since 2014, every single day of the baseball season. And the thing that I see is that there are no rotations that last just five guys through the entire year. When that happens, it's ultra rare. It's like one team, maybe, maybe out of 30 a year, right? You need depth. Depth is everything. And to go into the season uh, with an open fifth spot without a secure player that you know can get you quality innings, uh, or at least you know a good amount of them, it is very risky. And you can be in very tough situations like the Atlanta Braves were this year. They made it work, but that was rough. That was very rough. And they just made it somehow work with such a good offense. Like They needed one of the best offenses in the National League to make that rotation work through 60 games, right? So I highly recommend getting that fifth starter to make it easier for these guys. I will say, I do like Adrian Marejan. I I don't think he has a full season's workload ahead for him. Like, they're going to have to still ramp him up for that. But there is a lot to like. He's got a very good splitter. I, I think he's a little bit better than what you'd see on the surface numbers. From Marayhan, uh, Weathers, I can't really speak to. I hear he very has limited three commands last year. Yeah, very limited. So uh, that that's all I know is that he supposedly has he has like a veteran presence for such a young kid. Um, but I yeah, I mean, look, I think Gore, if he was ready, he would have been up last year. And I think the Padres saw things that they didn't like and they didn't want to rush him. I think if you're a Padres fan listening to this. You want a fifth starter because you want Gore to be eased in the right way. You don't want him to be forced into it. Trust me when I say that. Yeah, I've seen the Dodgers. It's just not the title. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. The Padres from the outside. I I, okay. I I caught myself. Okay, the Padres from the outside, and I've seen they pushed up Tatis super quickly. Right? They uh, they pushed up Paddock super quickly. They do not have these hesitations to jump, you know, throw them into the pool if they feel that they're ready. If the Padres felt that Gore was not ready, there's probably a good reason for it. So if I were a Padre fan, I would say, look, let's just get like Oda Rizzi or something like that, especially with the Lamette's injury that we don't know what, what's going on with the elbow. Add a little bit more depth there. I think it's very necessary. Even I, Even Rick Porcello could actually help, I think, just because you need some extra rock in that rotation, even though you have, I mean, it's not on Darvish. It's just amazing. I'm so happy for you. Trust me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy for you. Um, you're going to need, I mean, look, Darvish and Snell both have injury histories as well. I don't want to throw that away either. Pitchers, like, man. Every pitcher is at risk for injury. This is why you need depth. You yeah. need it. It's a necessary element to the game. Trying to, there's so many tea leaves to read with the Padres front office. So you look at the one hand, they didn't go sign, Japanese import Tomoyuki Sagano. They didn't. They didn't go sign him. They didn't sign the other one, um, whose name I'm blanking on. That signed with the Reds. Uh, Ahiri, I think his name was. Does that sound right? Oh uh, no, with the Rangers. Uh, the Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they didn't. They didn't go out and sign either one of those guys. Sagano went back to Japan. 
they didn't trade Mackenzie Gore. They traded Patino instead. So when like arranging these leaves, these little tea leaves, do they still are they still really high on Gore? Are they confident in who they have going into the season now? Um, did the did, has the stock fallen off on Gore? Like maybe teams are perceiving Patino to be more t- talented long term. Did the Rays ask for Patino specifically? Um, lots of things to try to interpret. Why do you think nobody signed Sagano? That's a great question. Uh, I I honestly don't have an answer. I think I mean he got a good seven million dollars in Japan, and I honestly believe that. Teams didn't feel like he was worth more than that. It was too much of a risk to do uh, to do more than that. That's a, that might be it. It might also be like a hometown discount. You know, seven million to play in your hometown in Japan. Like that might it might be what he wanted. I yeah. uh, as far as uh, why uh, Gore is still a Padre and Patino isn't, I would imagine like Gore is probably at a, his lowest value point in a while, right? Because there's this talk of the lowered velocity. It wasn't up in 2020. I would think that the Padres noted that, okay, if we trade him right now, we're we're selling him at his lowest value. While Patino, I love Patino. I'm so excited to watch him. I was a little sad because I know the Padres do like to be aggressive with their pitchers. While the Rays are, are not. Uh, you know, Glasnow and Snell, never going to have 200 innings, right? So, mm. uh, I mean, maybe now with Snell. Good luck. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on it. But I mean, yeah, I wouldn't either. The, I think they kind of yeah, I think they do the same thing with the Rays pretty much like the Snell was talking about how happy he is that he, now he's going to get turned loose. I kind of hope they I, don't well, because. Huh. I mean, he hasn't. OK, so, uh, everyone knows July 2019 was the last time that Snell went to full six innings. You got to think at least they'll let him do that. Right. Yeah. Like, but I'm not seeing I'm not seeing eight, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, oh, yeah. No, it's, that's it's, not it's that's not the kind of picture. It's not the picture that Snell is. He's Who not can do a, that these days? Like an efficient guy. There's no one else left that can do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Shane Beep. Anyone on the Indians, or sorry, the <laughs> Cleveland baseball team, I should say, because Terry Francona is just like, yeah, whatever, do your thing. Uh, yeah. And Lance Lynn. Those are the only two guys I can think of. <laughs> we have to recalibrate um, our thoughts of like what a workhorse pitcher is now. Is 200 right. innings still the benchmark? Is or, or is it like 175? That's what, yeah, it's 180, 175. Yeah, I'd say that. Here's a question welcome, for you. It's a modern baseball. Yeah. Um, this is something I've always wondered and kind of thought to myself and spoke to my friends about who don't really have a good answer. And this will be, we'll get you out of here on this. I don't want to take up your whole night. Oh, no, this is um, great. Why is innings the benchmark for the season? And during the game, it's pitch count. And, you know, at the end of the season, I always think of, Ty- this is my guy, Tyson Ross, who goes, a hundred pitches, five innings every time he goes out. It is, he is all over the place, walks a ton of dudes, but somehow gets out of it every time. So he's throwing a hundred pitches a game. And by the end of the season, he's only thrown like 160 innings, but his pitch count is that of a guy who threw much more. Why is one, why are we looking at pitches for a game, but not pitches for a season, especially stressful pitches where you're throwing 25, 30 an inning. I, I don't get this. Where were you when Tyson Ross's career ended? And uh, I, I wonder if you know. <laughs> I don't know. The game Is he still I'm playing? Talking about. No, 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 no. Do you know the the one where he was throwing a no hitter? Oh, uh, in San Diego. and they yeah, and they kept him in for so it was like 140 pitches or something ridiculous, <laughs> and we were all like watching, being like, I don't care that it's a no hitter. Like, 
take him out. You, you know, you, we knew this wasn't going to last. I, We've never thrown oh, a no hitter, Nick. We've never thrown. I one. know, but we knew it wasn't going to be this one either. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was, it was like, it was Tyson Ross, you know, the year, I, mean, I believe it was 2018. Uh, against Arizona. Yeah, it was on, on April 20th. He had 10 strikeouts, 7.2 innings. I remember and this. I, I know where I was. I, I, I was going to a have, friend's house. Yeah, yeah I was going to a friend's go. house and was was coming up late. I think I was in the car when I was notified that it was it was happening. I was like, oh, shit, I got to get over here and sprinted up his stairs and got there as quickly as I could and saw the final inning. But yeah, I remember yeah. this game. I mean, we have a we have a thing called PL Plus. It's like a um, we all talk in Discord as a staff, and anyone that signs up and supports us gets to hang out with us too. And back then, it was a Slack, and I remember the entire Slack watching this game, and we're all screaming like, "Take him out! It's not worth it! Like you're ending your career right now. This is it!" You know, it was uh, oh man, it was it was something else. Anyway, you remind me of Tyson Ross. Uh, and I completely Plus, forgot I the question, but I just all I could think about was just that's oh, I felt so bad for him. I mean, he had that moment, I guess. But yeah, why are, the, the question was, why are we counting pitches in a game right. and then innings for right. the season? Great question to me. I love that question because I agree with you completely. It, it's it, it's uh, pitches is what matters. I mean, the, in game for decisions, oftentimes it is not just, you know, the pitch count. It's about, okay, third down to the lineup. Generally, pit batters get better. Uh, so less about the pitch count, just about the situation and yes. know, how do you go and that stuff. That makes sense. I but, get that. But I, I agree with you when they have like these innings limits. It shouldn't be that. It should be like, it really should be, he should throw only X amount of pitches every so many days, you know? I, mm-hmm. uh, and like just let him just, you know, 70 pitches and like, Oh, I'm sorry, man. You only lasted three innings. That's it done. Or if you like set a limit also in an inning, you can only throw a maximum of 30 pitches in an inning. So if you're getting pushed past that, just take them out because that can be more stressful than throwing 110. If you throw 35 in one inning, like that's, that's not, you're not giving your, your muscles enough rest in between innings to recover. Uh, So I'm with you completely that it should be pitches, but it's, it's not necessarily total pitches for a year necessarily. It's how many stressful pitches are being thrown, right? And innings doesn't necessarily define that. Um, yeah. It's just about, you know, inside the game, are those stressful pitches happening? If they're not cool, everything's fine. If they are, then prevent them from happening, essentially. Is that being tracked anywhere? Uh, it's got to be because I'm, I'm not I'm a creative guy, but I'm not mm-hmm. the first to, to anything in my life. Every good idea I've ever had. Someone else has always come up with it first. I doubt but, that, Ryan. You're the first <laughs> one to think Nick Pollock should be on a Padres podcast about prospects. Ooh, true. There you, you go. Done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but why is like I don't think baseball savant or fan graphs are tracking stressful pitches per game. So like so. Maybe yeah. a pitcher goes 25. Once you hit 25 pitches, every pitch after that is now a stressful pitch. Or if you have runners at in scoring position, those become stressful pitches as well. I haven't seen anyone tracking this stat. I think that's a really interesting idea. Uh, to You can even ask like, well, I mean, obviously there has to be, there has to be a correlation between stressful pitches and ERA. Yeah, how do they more perform after, in, yeah, how well, do they perform after this many stressful pitches per game? Right. But I mean, if you're throwing 25 pitches in an inning, you're probably not having a good inning. Right. Uh, so there's, there's, 
There's got to be a correlation. Would, Tyson Ross disagrees. He he lived there. <laughs> oh no, I'm saying like the correlation though. Like if you have yeah. a good inning, it's like ten pitches or so. You've been you were efficient, right? If you're yes, inefficient, yes. it likely means you're walking guys or there. You know, there's a reason why you had to throw 25 pitches. Does not mean you got everybody out, right? So there has to be correlation with that. Um, it is an interesting idea. Uh, maybe there's something to be said about you know you, third inning, stressful inning. Does that affect the fourth and fifth? I would probably think so, too, because if you're not doing well in one inning, it's probably because either you're not very good or the offense is really good, right? So it probably does carry over. It's an interesting idea, and maybe there is something about that that can be linked to injury. And instead of, but, uh, instead of saying like into. Chris Paddock, yeah, instead of saying Chris Paddock threw, he only threw five innings last week, he'll be good to go this week. You could be like, well, actually, he threw 35 stressful pitches. And coming off of games where he's thrown 10 plus stressful pitches, his ERA is six compared right. to three and a half or something. Yeah, that I mean, it might be just a rephrasing of like, because those last 10 games he's done poorly, he'll probably do poorly again, right? Uh, in yeah, the it was end, the chicken so, or the egg, I guess. Yeah, there you go. I. Uh, yeah, I mean, having throwing stressful pitches normally is a product of just inefficiency as a whole. Um, but it is something to think about. Uh, that's, that's an interesting thought. I'll, I'll, I'll think more about that. We certainly like uh, how do we frame the game? That's that's what all these questions are, right? There are cooler ways to frame it. You can and have I that kinda... idea. That's free. That's free for you guys to track. There you I go. Definitely Appreciate don't, it. I don't want to track it. <laughs> so um, you guys, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you know, I got really lucky with CSW. I still feel like someone else invented that, and they just haven't told me yet. Um, I was surprised that I was the only one that was like, oh, hey, yeah, cold strikes and whiffs. Like, those things both matter. And there you go. There's a stat, apparently. Assign uh, your boy Jack Cecil to, is it Jack? Jack Cecil to do it? Yeah. yeah. Just, have, just delegate. Delegate to someone else. Yeah. There you I'm go. I'm delegating to you. You delegate to one of your staff. Exactly. That's, oh man, that's the beauty uh, of what I do is we have ideas and go, cool. You, yeah, you want to take care of that? That'd be great. <laughs> I would love to see that. Thanks. Uh, well, I have such a great staff. I cannot express that enough. They're the best. Nick, thank you so much for coming on. Again, I encourage everyone to go to pitcherlist.com. Check out the Padres top 50. And then if you're into prospects or if you're into fantasy, there's lots of other top 50 lists for you guys to check out that are interesting. Super deep list. 50 is a lot. I don't know if people know oh, yeah. how hard it is to do a, a top 30 list, let alone a top 50. It's it's a lot of work. I, I told you, I have the best staff. They're amazing. <laughs> Like we're doing that for every organization. It, it, it's incredible. So, but anyway, you know, Ryan, this was great. You're really good at this. And uh, it, it was, it's touching that you invited me on here. Thanks for having me. Yep. Nick, you're welcome back anytime. I appreciate it, man. Of course. All right. Thank you to Nick Wade. I know you weren't there for the show or for the interview, but uh, really enjoyed Nick. Hopefully you go back and listen to it in your free You time. have some great questions. Great job out of you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. It, it no feels good. No one gives you enough credit. You're, you're greeting your job, Ryan. I appreciate that. Uh, locks of the week. Before we leave, we missed the first round of the playoffs. I did the show on Monday, which is always Can a really hard about, time. Uh, how I had a winning record for the season, by the way? Yeah, but we're not done. We're still we're doing playoff. There's more games to bet on, Wade. Oh, because you're a couple games under 500. So. We're, we're going through the Super Bowl right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just give some more up. chances okay fine i'm gonna start throwing if i'm below 500 we're gonna start throwing out like 10 super bowl props so i can catch up okay deal i mean gatorade color heads or tails on the coin flip uh, i'm bringing i'm bringing all the stops i've out. got a gatorade guy i've got an in on that Ooh, we'll, uh, we'll talk we'll talk later off air yeah 
Uh, you are six and five. We missed week one of the playoffs. Uh, did the show on Monday. Wade wasn't there. I didn't want to give out picks that early. I thought we might do a show later in the week. Wade didn't want to do it. Anyway, um, Wade six and five. I'm four, seven, and one still. I don't know why you're betting with me. We won money on uh, the national championship game, though, last night, didn't we? And that was the easiest bet of all time. There, no one yeah. beat Bama. Did anybody bet on Ohio State? I, I would have loved to see where the public public's money was because I can't imagine anyone, you know, not going with Bama here. No, especially with Ohio State, thirteen guys out. It's the national championship games the past like what four years? They've all been blowouts. It's been terrible. Easiest money ever. Easiest money ever made in my life. Yes. This week, I'll start since uh, I don't think I gave you any time to prep. Love. I'm not fading. I'm not going to do it. I, I had a bad week last week. I think uh, we get back on track this week. This is courtesy Matt Schneidman. Schneidman? You follow him at Matt Schneidman. I actually don't even know who this is, but stat of the day, Aaron Rodgers has played the entirety of 10 games since 2016 with freezing temperatures at kickoff. This game is going to be in Lambeau. In those games, the Packers are 10-0. and 0. Rodgers has 26 touchdown passes, one interception. Jared Goff has played in two such games since 2016. The Rams are one and one. Goff, God bless him, is zero touchdowns and five interceptions in those games. And I liked the Packers a lot going into this game. I talked to you about doing a money line parlay with the Packers and the Chiefs. There's no way those teams lose. That is not going to be my pick because I want to give you a game against the spread here. We're going to take the Packers and we're going to lay the seven points. I think this game get, is potential to get out of hand quickly with Jared Goff back uh, starting for the Rams. Is the other guy, I'm blanking on his name, I called him out. Heineke. Is he out? No, that's uh, those are the Rams. <laughs> it's it's Wolford. Wolford. Right. Yeah. Is he is he the Wolfman out for sure? Well, if you watched the game last week, I can't imagine a scenario where he plays. He got messed up pretty good. Yeah, he did. And there was no flag on that call. Of course. <laughs> or on that hit. No. The, the hypocrisy with these these flags is uh, astounding. So anyway, do you have a game for me? Are you, are you fading or are you locking? I Pop have lock. a lock. I have okay. a lock. Um, it is going to be below freezing in Buffalo, New York. The Ooh. Bills minus two. Lamar has never seen weather like this. And... The Ravens are not going to know what to do with that. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Take it to the bank. Buffalo minus two at home. Here's my problem with with betting both of these teams that we liked. Uh, they're both favorites, which isn't great. They're both at home, though, in cold weather, which is great. But they're also playing two teams that have a lot of momentum. The Rams are pretty hot and the Ravens are pretty hot. I hate playing a hot team. But the Rams... I, they don't. They have not been able to move the ball well. And Jared Goff playing in, in freezing temperatures lights my eyes up. And then, like you said, I, Lamar Jackson on the road in New York with the wagons circling. There are going to be a few fans at this game. Uh, it, I the the Bills are hot too. The Bills and the Packers are both hot. So I, I respect the pick. I just don't like that we're both picking favorites. It doesn't sit well with me. I mean, that's why you're below five hundred. So. And that's why you're one game above 500. <laughs> above 500 is above 500, Ryan. Feel, feel free to fade us. I, I'm feeling very good about this pick this week, though. feel very good. So anyway, that's going to do it for this week. 
Thank you for listening. Please follow the show's Twitter account at Friar Farmhands. And if you enjoy the show, if you don't enjoy the show, subscribe anyway. We're on all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to the Believe and Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I am Ryan Hart. That was Wade. Talk to you next week. It takes guts to be an organ donor. Toward your destination. Though you may find from time to time. The actual ad is attached in this email. What? He puts it in. Then why is he sending it to me? No idea. If you, in case you want to listen to it. <laughs> I don't. Just you're just making it more confusing. I didn't need to know any of this information. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.